I'm Jenny Galuzzo, co-founder of The Second Shift. Welcome to our podcast where we talk all things women, work, and well-being, how they intersect, our competing forces, and how to create and maintain personal and professional alignment in your life. Let's do this. I have been so excited to share this episode of the Second Shift podcast with you. This is my interview with Melissa Texan, who works at TikTok and has worked at Google and YouTube and brings a wealth of information about platforms and community. And she's one of the heads of creators. So she helps creators on TikTok to figure out their message, figure out how to best market or sell their product, and to be able to use the algorithm to break through and create something that will enhance whatever it is that they're trying to sell. Now, again, this goes to a question that comes up repeatedly both in my own head, but also with a lot of the women that I do coaching with. Because the question comes up, how do I use different platforms to build a community, sell a product, market myself or my company, or one and the same, really? And often, I suggest using TikTok. I myself, as you know, use TikTok. Now, I don't think I do it very well. And I don't think that I can give this information and give this advice without really understanding how the platform works, how you use it for different use cases. And also being of a certain age, right? The majority who listen to this podcast are 35 to 45-year-old women. And we think TikTok's not for us. We think TikTok's for our kids. We're not really paying attention to it. It it seems like something that we are out of the generation that it's useful for. But this is not the case. The reason that I started doing TikTok was because I read somewhere that the fastest growing segment and audience on TikTok were women over 35, that maybe we use it for certain things like recipes or, you know, I know people who really like love looking at kitchen organization. <laughs> you know, there's there's a TikTok out there for anyone and anything. And so I really wanted to start to use it for the second shift. And I spent a long time just looking up different things, experimenting, seeing what worked, both for what I was putting out as a creator, but also just as a voyeur. What is TikTok? And how do you, how does it work? And how does the for you page work and how do you get views? And it's a fascinating world. And I have to say, I now spend more time on TikTok than I do really on a lot of the other social media channels because there's so much out there and it's so interesting. And it's like one of the best search engines I've ever used. So I think that if we ignore it, we're doing ourselves a disservice. You can't ignore that TikTok exists. You can't just use it to monitor like what your kids are watching and then just dismiss it. You can't. You have to pay attention to TikTok. You have to pay attention if you are a brand. You have to pay attention if you are 
selling something, creating something. You have to pay attention if you're in an industry, because if you're in an industry and there's an entire ecosystem that's parallel to the one that you live in that's being created on TikTok, you need to be part of that. So you need to see how it works in your industry. So just a few little tips before I start my conversation with Melissa, which, you know, for the amount of time we had, I tried to get all my questions in, but believe me, I had a lot more. My tips for using TikTok would be just get on there and start searching by subject matter hashtag. Almost use it like it's a search engine. So you're putting in recipes or you're searching parenting or you're searching, you can, and you can go much more granular than that and just see what starts to come up. What are the videos? What's the information? And then use your best judgment about what you're seeing. Look at people who are creating that content, look at the number of likes they have, hearts or comments, see what's hitting, what's not, and start to be an investigator. Get curious about TikTok. See what's out there. See what's working. It's a fascinating world. I've used it for everything from restaurant recommendations when I'm going on a trip to recipes to, you know, looking up carry-on bags And what were people liking that were carry-on bags or trends? So that's one way to use it. But another way to use it is looking up what people in your industry are doing. So I look up other coaches. I look up people who are in the women's world and to see what are the comments, who's interacting, how many video views did they get? And if you are selling a product and you are not using TikTok in a TikTok store, you're making a huge mistake. Huge. You can create an entire other side of your business just on TikTok. So I feel better saying that now because I actually have this information and it's been validated by an expert. I think everyone should listen to this interview and then get busy understanding what's out there and why TikTok is the explosive platform that it is. I'm so pleased because I have been doing a series about like how to do a lot of different things. And how to use TikTok seems to me like one of the biggest and most important topics that we need to talk about. Partially because it's self-serving, because I want to understand how to do this as a creator, because that's what we're doing here. But also because I am a woman who is in business and in my mid-40s, and I am shocked by how many women I know professionally who have just like given up trying to even understand TikTok. And I feel like that is such a waste and such a bad way to think about this incredible new technology and that you have to lean into it. It's too big to not lean into and to not understand. Well, you know what? I think I'm in the right place because this is something that I chat about with the creators on our platform literally every single day. So I totally hear you. I know sometimes when things get so big, they become so overwhelming. And sometimes the easiest solution is to simply not do it. But fear not because, you know, it's a lot less complicated than I think it may sometimes seem. Um, And I'm here to kind of break it down in a way. Hopefully that'll be a little bit more digestible. How do you define a creator? What is a creator? Because I think of a creator kind of like as an influencer or something that my kids are into. I wouldn't necessarily think of creator as like a person like me who just posts things on TikTok. 
Yes, that's a good point. It's a pretty loosely thrown around term. I would say in the context of my job and working at TikTok, it's essentially somebody who consistently posts content with the intention of sort of growing their audience and building sort of a loyal community over whatever particular topic. So pretty broad, but that makes sense. Encapsulates a lot. It's funny. So I do coaching for the women in the second shift network. And oftentimes they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I want to do this thing, or I want to start this business, or I have this business and I want to grow it. And I honestly, I tell them so many times what they need to do is be on TikTok. And so, but I don't really know what to tell them to do because it's like, I'm on TikTok, but I'm not doing it well. So I feel like a little bit disingenuous giving them this information when it's not actually, I don't really know what I'm saying. So what is the benefit of posting something on TikTok and being part of this giant world? You know, I think you said it right then and there. It is sort of a giant world in and of itself. It's this huge community. And in many ways, I think of it as like one large inside joke. And being part of that is really, really special. Participating in this inside joke, creating your own joke that other people can enjoy, essentially connects you with this super broad community that can be hard to connect sort of in any other place literally in the world. I would say particular to TikTok too, it's very low stakes, essentially. Each video that you post, whether you're an established top creator or just an everyday user and it's your first video, has equal opportunity to do well, to perform well, and to reach broad audiences. Each video is essentially like evaluated on its own merit. And so there's just endless opportunity to get your voice, to get your story, to get your message across, no matter who you are. I think that that's one of the reasons why I started doing it is because I'm like, oh, well, it's free and it's just something that you can do. So why wouldn't you do it? You know, if there's an opportunity, and I think I read somewhere that one of the fastest growing audiences was women over 35. And I thought, well, that's my audience and I want to find them. And I want to talk to them and I want to see what this is about. And then once I started sort of snooping around TikTok and trying to figure out what it is and how the algorithm worked and Mm -hmm. what was trending, I got hooked quick. (laughs) Yes. It's a fascinating place. I mean, you can literally find anything about anything on TikTok. Yes, you are exactly right. The the truth is like there is no corner of the internet that has like been left untouched essentially. And so it is for everyone. And that no matter what, once you get started on TikTok, you will find your community no matter how niche it might be. And again, like I said, it's a big collective community, but of course it's filled with all of these micro niches. And so if there's a particular cause, you know, you're passionate about, you will connect with the people that are interested in that same cause. And what about if you are somebody who has a business. Let's let's take a few different ideas. You're a person who has a business. You have a product to sell, um, whether it's a stationary line or coaching services. What's the best way to monetize that, to break through if you don't want to just do get ready with me videos all day? Yes, that's a total fair point. I think 
a few things here. One is sort of what I mentioned, which is there is a very unique culture on TikTok that does feel like this one big inside joke. And I find whether you are a business, you're a creator or an everyday user, if you're like in on that joke, whether it's through a trending format or a sound or a effect or filter, you're far more accessible when you speak the language that everybody understands. And promoting a particular good or service is is very seamless when you sort of speak that language via those trends and sounds, et cetera, et cetera. I think I'll always defer to just the, the sheer presence of being on TikTok and participating in those sort of larger inside jokes and trends are really what get that breath and that awareness that I think a lot of, especially new and starting businesses, crave. Okay, I think that's what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) I'm not doing any of those things. (laughs) I'm not doing any of the trends or the music or the things. I'm just like talking to the camera about you know, the woman who won the Nobel Prize in economics for women or or like <laughs> tips for whatever, like your resume. And there's no like dog ears or there's no filter that I'm being used. There's, it's not stylized in any way. So maybe that's why I'm just, I think I'm like barely scratching the surface of what's available and how to use the platform, which is hard though, because while it is a free service, it's also time consuming. Like mine are easy. I'm just walking down the street and I just talk to the camera. But some of the other ones that you see out there, they take time to do it well. Definitely, definitely. And you know what? You're you're certainly not alone in that sentiment. I find that sometimes when I'm working with creators, they say, you know, I sort of just tried getting into it casually. And then all of a sudden I sort of found myself with, you know, a million viewers overnight. And I'm just not entirely sure how I can intentionally and consistently perform. And so I find that it's really helpful to start from the beginning and to think about the very foundations of what makes a video perform. How does the algorithm, again, purely like fundamentally, make your content discoverable and surface your content to people. And so that's usually where I like to start with a lot of the creators on the platform. Okay, let's start there. Let's go there. Let's go for it. (laughs) How does it do that? To explain all of that to me right now. Okay. Please. All right, let's get into it. So essentially when a video is published to TikTok, it's evaluated against a number of different engagement metrics, uh, such as watch time, likes, shares, comments. And depending on how that video performs in each of those categories, the video will then be suggested to more and more viewers on the For You feed. And so all of those metrics sort of work together to help inform and help the system contextualize how engaging ultimately that piece of content is. And so if ever a video underperforms or outperforms a creator's expectations, Sometimes I like to say, okay, well, like, why don't we review on the performance within those specific categories to help us better understand what exactly happened to cause that video to, again, outperform or underperform against expectations. Now, those metrics are very sort of broad. And, you know, again, I think sort of these terms can kind of be loosely thrown around. So I'm happy to kind of dive into each of them a little bit more. Watch time, I would say, is arguably the most important metric. And there's a lot of different definitions uh, for watch time. But I'd say ultimately, TikTok really wants to see that 
average play duration of a video. So, you know, how long are people typically staying to watch your video? So if you post a 30 second video, are they watching just for five, for 15, for the full 30 seconds? And that's important because watch time is that direct indication of how compelling how engaging your content actually is. So the higher the watch time, the higher that engagement, the higher the likelihood that video is going to be served to a lot of people and therefore receive a lot of views. And so I always tell folks, you know, if you're new to the platform and you're just not sure, try to watch your video again, you know, in a very like objective view. Are there lulls in the content? Are there moments where it might give someone the opportunity to scroll past or get a little bit bored? Um, And if there is, maybe we try editing that little clip out or redoing the video in a way that kind of omits that that lull in the video. It's fascinating. It's just a a fascinating world. Also, when you watch your own behavior and what's engaging to you on other people's then you'll be able to have a better idea of what you would be good at. I also think it's what's so cool about TikTok is that if you want to learn how to do anything, just look it up. (laughs) Yeah, There's experts on everything. So then they'll tell you what to do. Oh, here's the five trending sounds this week. It's not like you have to like dig deep and try to figure it out. Somebody is putting it out there. Exactly. It's incredible. Like how much you will learn on TikTok in such a short period of time. Often, you know, if somebody comes to me and is like, I'm a little short on ideas, or I'm not sure how I could do this new format. I'm like, go to TikTok and watch it literally even five minutes a day. And you're going to start to pick up those trending sounds and formats and features and, and just the general like culture and way that these creators speak to their audiences. What is working right now? What do you see as like the big trends? Oof, that's a tough one. Truly, because I think it just it varies so much based on the creator, based on the type of content there is. And so this is where I always go back to the creator and I plug in those analytics. Because it's so specific to you, it's really important to kind of look back historically at your own performance and essentially say, okay, what has been receiving that high watch time or that high comment rate or like rate or share rate on my video, because that data is essentially like directly informing you what your audience likes the most. And I would essentially look at that and double down on that, right? Look at the things that people are resonating with and do more of it. And once I think you you sort of define and create that really strong idea of like your personal brand and your values, the sort of trends and like sounds and, you know, filters are almost like an added bonus to help elevate that content. If you are engaging with people who write comments, does that boost you up into like a bigger audience bracket? Because people will write comments and I don't always engage with them because I don't always agree with them (laughs) or like have anything to say back. So I do, but I don't know sometimes if I should be doing that, if I should be like writing back or, you know, thumbs upping, is there some format that's the best for talking to the audience? Totally. This is such a great question. So in addition to those metrics I mentioned, like watch time and play duration, which play a really big factor in measuring pure and like how compelling um, people are watching based on consumption of your video, there's a whole slew of other metrics that also help inform the system how your audience is reacting. Comments, likes, shares. And so when you're engaging 
in discussion or maybe even in the video directly. You're asking, hey, I'm going to a wedding and I need help choosing which wedding dress to, to go in. And you're asking your audience to participate in that. That comment rate absolutely helps. It is another indication of engagement. So I highly recommend if you're not only you know responding in the comments, directly asking in your video and encouraging people to share their opinions as well, because that's half of it, right? Is that your viewers are part of your content strategy and you know they're excited to hear what you have to say and your opinion on things and they also want to talk to each other and so your video almost serves as like a catalyst for discussion and and yes to answer your question it ultimately helps to make your content more discoverable too the one thing i will say though is that the only time i seem to get people really responding and getting comments is when it's something that's like controversial in a way that people can yell at me. You know, obviously that is a product of social media in general. And so it's one of the, I was like, should I be writing back to these people? Cause I, you know, they're just trying to like poke. Yeah. But it is a bummer that those are the things that wind up getting the reaction when it's, yes. it's not even controversial. It's just something that's like, you know, piss somebody off. I hear you. Yeah. You get some folks out there who just want to poke the beast for the sake of it. So I, I definitely hear you on that front. And I think there's, you know, a lot of different approaches that creators take when this happens. You know, in some cases, they try to kind of turn comments like that on their head, maybe using a feature like reply to comments, that if somebody generally has an opinion that is in disagreement with their own, or maybe it's negative, that they address it head on and say, hey, that, you know, that may not be something that I agree with, or that's another perspective and sort of, like I said, address it head on. Also, of course, as you mentioned, there's just the possibility of ignoring those comments, but we also have tools that help to kind of filter certain words out so that if you find there is like a particular, you know, negative or bad actors that like, you know, or repeat offenders in, in the comments, you have the ability to kind of uh, create that safe space um, for yourself and for the rest of your community using those tools to kind of block that out. So talking about books, because last night I was at a event with an author, famous author with a huge platform and a publisher and an agent. And I mentioned TikTok and they were talking about book talk, right? And they were saying how it's like so insane how book talk is rivaling the biggest publishing houses and is like a force in the publishing world. But they didn't know anything about book talk. They didn't know the the numbers. They didn't know how it worked. This woman was like, I don't, you know, I don't really know about TikTok. You know, I'm too old for TikTok. Going back to, it's not about your age. Like, this is your job. You can't turn <laughs> your back on. And like, this is a huge marketing machine for authors and it mm -hmm. makes and breaks businesses. I mean, book talk in itself, we've talked about creators. That's its own little universe, right? Absolutely. If you're a writer, how do you ride that? How do you get into book talk? That's such a good question. I mean, I think this is really a testament to show how some of these super huge like communities can rise up and sort of become this massive force 
completely organically and how it's great that it's finally starting to kind of turn heads from the more traditional spaces of authors and publisher houses into a force that can be used to help, you know, accelerate and grow some of these communities. And I think, you know, you asked the million dollar question, which is like, what can we be doing to make sure we can connect every aspect of this community in one place so that we can really harness it for this, like, this force of good for basically everyone. And that's definitely something I'd say that TikTok is, is, is looking into right now. And, you know, yeah, like I said, BookTok is a very new but rapidly growing community. When you go to Barnes and Noble, it's like book talk exactly, on the main table exactly. there. I mean, that that wasn't that didn't exist. I mean, that's what's amazing. It didn't exist five years ago. Exactly. And now you're moving markets. Absolutely. In fact, I was just going to say in the month of August, we conducted a summer reading challenge, if anything, where we essentially had some of our most prominent book talk creators challenge the rest of the community to read a book, uh, maybe share a story from a book you read that you weren't sure you were going to like, but you ended up loving. And so we're starting to engage this community uh, more than ever before. And I definitely think in literally to your point, that connection piece of getting those authors and those publishers and creators together in one place is one of the, the best things we can do. Okay. Now in the last few minutes that I have you, can I be completely selfish? Is there like a work talk? Is there, you know, I'm trying, if, if I'm your use case, right? So I post not every day. They mostly don't get out of the 200s, which I understand is like a thing on TikTok because I, you know, spend a lot of time on TikTok. Is it the content? Is it the velocity? Is it the, the number of posts a day? What are the, the things that are like, you should just do these things. And not to say that you're going to become like, you know, a TikTok star, but this is the way to rise up in the ranks or to at least like find a home for what you're building or build the home. I don't know. I'm not sure that it even <laughs> exists. Like, I'm not sure that what I'm doing necessarily has its audience yet. Totally, totally hear you. I get this question maybe five times a day, every day. So you're certainly, certainly not alone. And first and foremost, if I knew truly the secret sauce of how much time, exactly what to post, when in the day, I'd be a billionaire by now. But that being said, I can tell you like three main things that I recommend to everyone who's getting started on TikTok. One and I, I know it can be kind of cheesy, but it's so true. It's truly like be authentic, know your brand, know your values. I find that a lot of creators when getting started, they're more curious, what can I do to like cater to what people want now? But I actually challenge them to think, actually, what matters to you? What do you genuinely care about? Then make content around that. And your audience, I promise, will find you. In many ways, it does feel a little bit like a jackpot where the more tickets you buy, the higher likelihood once you get that one, it can really sort of take off. But that really is one of the best approaches when when you're starting out. And even if you've been on the platform forever, make sure you're making content you genuinely love and is important to you. Secondly is be consistent. And I think this often can relate very closely to posting cadence. People want to know what is the exact amount each day, each week. And again, it really does depend on the kind of content that you make. Ultimately, I always recommend consistency and longevity, right? 
post content frequently in a schedule that you know you can keep for a long period of time. Because if you start posting way too much, you can give yourself burnout and then you might stop and then there's inconsistency in the content people are receiving. So really it's less about frequency as opposed to consistency. Now, if you had to start, I would say three to five times a week, but just to start. And then from there, you know, pay attention to what realistically you're able to accommodate in, in your own schedule. And then the last thing I'll say is use your analytics. No matter where you are, if you're stuck in the 200s or you're fluctuating up and down, ultimately you can be your best critic by being objective and the data helps you do just that. Specifically looking at those metrics that I mentioned, which is where are really people spending their time, that watch time and engaging with you most. You can literally see certain parts within a video that people spike viewership and people sort of dip and lull. And the more you realize and you know rewatch your content, particularly around those bumps, the more you realize, ah, when I talk about X, Y, and Z subject, my audience really listens and to just double down. And then I'd say the fourth sort of hidden tip is that if something doesn't work out, try again. TikTok is extremely forgiving. And, you know, as I mentioned, each video is evaluated on its own merit. And so if you post a video, nobody sees it. Okay, post another, you know, and truly no harm, no foul there. And so I I find that those tips honestly help people just to kind of let go and get started. And before you know it, you're going to find your audience. Melissa, how cool are you? How you have like the greatest job. Do you <laughs> oh love gosh. it? Are you are you so into this? You get to be part of something and building something that is such a nascent world that you are creating for creators. Yes, it's truly, truly unbelievable. I mean, I get to do cool things like this, like be on your podcast. What an honor. And You know, I often have those times where I have out-of-body experiences where I'm like sharing what I do for a living. And I'm like, this didn't exist just a few years ago. How strange. Uh, But yes, I consider myself very, very lucky. And I know you've worked at Google and you've worked at YouTube. So you've really been in this world of the creator and technology for, I mean, not a long time. You're very young and it's not, (laughs) it hasn't been around that long, but I, I think, I think it's very cool that you get to be part of this and it must be very fun to have your job right now and watch all these people trying things out and what works, what doesn't being able to help them. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure being on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. For more, you can follow along at thesecondshift.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, and help us make work work for you and for all women. 